Life isn't about avoiding the bruises. It's about collecting the scars to prove that we showed up for it. Join Nikki Seberini for the next hour as she explores heroism through illness. There is a warrior inside each of us. This is LifeLinks with the DL Link. LifeLinks is a funding initiative of the DL Link. Dr. Lance Kutsia really is an award-winning surgeon, and he has just recently completed a thousand robotic procedures. So we're delighted to have him on the show. Um, Dr. Kutsia, welcome. Thank you very much for, for joining us today. It's a great pleasure. Thanks for having me. Listen, and congratulations, 1,000 robotic procedures. That's no small task. Well, it's it's been a journey, and we yeah we started in October 2013 with the first cases in South Africa, and uh, yeah the 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 procedure and the technology involved has has uh, been fantastic, and I think the the benefits to the patient have been such that uh, it has grown you know in leaps and bounds uh, not only in South Africa where we weren't the first obviously to start it. Uh, but in uh, a lot of the first world countries, uh, the United States, Europe, and so on, it's pretty much changed the face of the management of prostate cancer. Dr. Kutsia, let's just talk about, before we move on and look at the benefits of robotic procedures, what in fact is it? I mean, is there a robot in the, the surgery? Are you standing aside? Is he helping you or... Is it a completely different approach? No, the, the robot uh, consists of basically three parts. Really, you have the uh, the the brains of the robot, if one could call it that, uh, next to the patient, uh, and also the uh, the the robot itself, which sort of hangs over the patient with with arms. It looks pretty much like an octopus, um, and we clip various instruments and change instruments during the procedure onto these arms, which then enter the patient's abdomen through through uh, metal ports. Um, so there's there's very little uh, friction, you know, on the patient's abdominal wall, as it were. So there's, there's free movement of the instruments inside. And the surgeon sits in the corner with his fingers in uh, loops and his head in a console. So it's almost like having your head inside the patient's abdomen uh, with very good vision, uh, almost tenfold magnification in three dimensions. So we can uh, uh, see very well, and especially in surgeries such as prostate cancer surgery where you've got a lot of very delicate uh, structures around the prostate, nerves, urinary control, sphincter muscles, etc. Um, one can preserve a lot of these structures uh, far more precisely than with open surgery, where you don't have that that level of vision or technical know-how. You know, with a with a robot, we can literally you can peel the skin off a grape without touching the grape. You know, that's that's how precise it is. So. Where you're dealing with these delicate structures, um, uh, it's it's uh, fantastic to have that uh, that available. Yeah. Wow, and and that uh, picture I've got in my mind of peeling a grape um, without even touching the grape says it all. So you're telling the robot what to do. So you're actually using your hands, but it's the robot that's doing the work. That's yeah, that how it, it works? Uh, yeah, you know, I think this is the misconception that people have. It's uh, the robot is just an instrument, right? Uh, in in the hands of the surgeon, and the surgeon right. sits with his fingers in in these uh, loops, and 
And as you move your fingers, the instruments move inside the patient's abdomen. So, uh, yeah, the, the robot does nothing without uh, the surgeon basically initiating the movement. Right. So it's your expertise. It's your everything. The difference is, is with the human hand, there could be a slight little shake. Um, as you say, you could press a little bit harder. Whereas this way, it's, it's so precise. And, and, um, you, you've, and, and I'm, I'm putting words in your mouth when I say this, but I'm presuming that therefore the, the, the actual, the overall surgery is a lot more effective simply just because of the, the precision, how clear it is. Yeah, that's, that's true. And, and also, you know, we, we can control uh, the bleeding and so on far better. So, um, we have minimal blood loss, um, because you can see the blood vessels, either avoid them or, uh, take care of them, uh, with, uh, you know, absolute precision. So this has negated the necessity for patients to have blood transfusions or to go to intensive care units after the surgery. Uh, our patients, uh, you know, uh, we don't even do blood cross matching anymore, which when, with the old open uh, prostate surgery was routine. Uh, they don't go to ICUs. They, uh, they go from a normal ward back into a normal ward and start eating and drinking basically when they open their eyes. So this has uh, sped up the whole recovery process uh, as well and, uh, you know, enabled us to get patients back out of, well, out of hospital and back to work uh, a lot quicker than with the old traditional surgery. Uh, and we've had patients that have been back at, at work in uh, seven to ten days, uh, which was unheard of with the old open surgery. You were out for six weeks with big wounds that were healing up and uh, and so on. So, um, yeah, it's uh, really minimally invasive. Mm, groundbreaking, really. Dr. Kutsia, um do you think, it, well, the question would be, I mean, listening to what you're saying, it, the way forward, therefore, is is then robotic uh, procedures across the board, I suppose. I, I, I can't imagine that it would be all surgeries that it could be used for. Um, but is it is it cost prohibitive? Um, is, is that why not more doctors, not more surgeons are using these robotic procedures? Um, and, and within that question as well, if someone had to come to you for a robotic procedure, is is it more expensive going that route? The initial outlay of the equipment is expensive because it's uh, it's American and U.S. dollar based uh, technology, um, so it's very linked to uh, the rand dollar exchange rate. But right. uh, once the the equipment is purchased, the procedures itself, and we've uh, demonstrated this to the funders, is is very. Uh, equitable with, uh, with the old open procedures because of the reduced hospital stay, the, uh, uh, the fact that you don't need blood transfusions, you don't go to ICUs, um, and you're literally out of hospital in 36 hours, uh, usually. So, um, once the, uh, you know, as I say, once the platform is there, the, uh, the procedures are not that much more expensive and very much in line with other treatments such as radiation and, uh, and so on. So we have and at this stage seven uh, robotic platforms in, uh, in South Africa and we've trained up, uh, close to 40 surgeons. So it's, it's really, uh, spreading quite quickly and, and the learning curves for training surgeons is, is not as great as with the old laparoscopic surgery where 
you didn't have the the wrists uh, swiveling and moving and that you weren't able to uh, get into small spaces. So this is very much more intuitive and hence the name of the company that develops the robot uh, being intuitive surgery in, in the United mm-hmm. States. Yeah. So let's look at prostate cancer. Let's look at prostate procedures. Um, and you know, for people who are listening, just, we, we just have a little bit of time left. Perhaps you can, we can look at the robotic procedures when it comes to those uh, dealing specifically with prostate and, and prostate cancer. Prostate cancer is the most common non-skin cancer that men get. Um, and basically one in six men get it. So it's, uh, it's a very, common cancer and unfortunately today is still a very common cause of death in men from cancer um, and I think the one of the reasons why men are behind women in getting checked really is that uh, a lot of men uh, or, or there's a stigma attached to uh, having prostate exams and so people tend to think that if they don't have problems uh, passing urine or uh, that there isn't a problem, which is, couldn't be further from the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we could pick up prostate cancers at the early stage with uh, the blood test, PSA, and the physical exam, uh, we should be able to cure way more prostate cancers than we do at this stage. But unfortunately, uh, men neglect themselves. They don't go for their checks uh, as they should. And uh, we still see far too many of them coming too late, which is very frustrating because with the new technology, the old fears that they had of being impotent and incontinent and having to wear nappies and so on are really a thing of the past. Um, you know, so, but the crux is to pick up the cancer early. Uh, Dr. Kutsia, I mean, I, I, I thank you so much. Just once we're talking about picking it up early, um, if you could just give us an idea in terms of age when men should start going for regular um, prostate checkups. Yes, look, there are certain risk categories. It, it tends to run in families. So if you have a family history, a father, uncle, grandfather, uh, in other words, a direct uh, blood relative, your risk is, is greater. And then we say that men should be checked once a year from the age of 40. Um, if you don't have those risk factors, then from 45, uh, once, a, once a year is, is a good sort of protocol and we're very fortunate in prostate cancer to have a very sensitive blood marker uh, that has been quite controversial uh, and that is the PSA test which stands for prostate specific antigen. Now if that is done on a regular basis and we build a profile for the patient then uh, that together with a physical exam uh, is going to enable us to not miss uh, more than 5% of prostate cancers. So that that is really where... You know, the advice that, uh, you know, men should, should get. And, and the main thing is to realize that, uh, you don't need to have any symptoms whatsoever for prostate cancer to be present. And because of, unfortunately, where the prostate is situated, uh, you, you know, you can't feel it. It's not like mm. breast cancer where you can feel a lump or be aware of something, you know, so it's, it's hidden away, and unless you take that mental step uh, and get checked uh, and realize that this is a potentially deadly disease that uh, that can be cured very effectively if you pick it up early and go and get checked, um, you know, we still will continue to miss uh, a lot of men, uh, sadly. Yeah.
Yeah, thank you, Dr. Kutsi, and thank you for that reminder. I think that everyone is so COVID-obsessed at the moment and fearful of going to doctors and sitting in queues, and I think that we must highlight the importance of continuing to go for regular checkups. I mean, as you're saying, you know, it's not like picking up a lump um, and these kind of regular checkups for men in terms of looking after their prostate health is very, very important. So thank you for the reminder, and once again, uh, you know, amazing, a 1,000 robotic procedures and and hope to see many, many more. We appreciate your time, Dr. Kutsia. Thank you for coming on to the show. Uh, it's a great pleasure, Nikki. Thanks for having me.